question by asking you two questions. One, is this or is this not? Chasing history. Jake Larson. I'm ready for some Monday night concussion protocol. And two-time Nebraska walk-on tryout participant Colton Stone. Sometimes it just like replays through my head. It's just like, wow. Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Good morning, beautiful people. It's an awful, snowy, cold, cloudy day here in Link- beautiful Lincoln, Nebraska. I'm Colton Stone. Alongside Jake Larson, it's 10 a.m. on a Friday, which means it's chasing history time. And Jake, uh, I'm sure you walked here. How was that? Oh, I took the the 8N bus. Oh, okay. The little the little like van. Little, thing. little van. And then I walked uh, by, but it was bad because. Um, I needed to find this Shaka Khan song. I couldn't think of the name of it, and so I had to stop in the middle of the sidewalk to uh, search it on Google, search the title, and then find it on Spotify. And my phone was soaked by the time I got it, but you know what? I was jamming on the way here, so it was all good. It's worth it. It's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not like your phone works anyways yeah, properly, yeah. so you might as it, well get it soaked, right? Yeah, exactly. It's. Uh, let's see if it turns on. Oh, sweet. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, that just kind of made my day a little bit better. Oh. So what's going on in the sports world, Jake? Uh, Absolutely what, nothing. Well, yeah, pretty much. Well, we did find out um, Huskers game today against Michigan State Baseball um, has been postponed. They're going to try it for a doubleheader tomorrow. But uh, with how the weather's been. Uh, triple, hender, triple header Sunday. Triple, yeah. <laughs> they don't even play one. They're just in East Lansing. They don't play a game. They're just going to hang out for a little bit. Oh, yeah, there's so much to do in East Lansing, like uh, go to Detroit. Like go to Ann Arbor. <laughs> like go to Detroit. <laughs> anywhere, go go anywhere in Michigan but East Lansing. Uh, uh, no. Maybe maybe not. Anywhere. No, I wouldn't. Not, not anywhere. There, but there's a couple of places. There are a few. Um, other Husker news, we were talking about this right before we got on. Uh a writer, I forget, I forget his name. I think it's like Tyler something. So sorry. Twenty four seven Sports said he interviewed with uh, or interviewed David Carr about who the uh, Patriots could potentially take um, in their draft pick, and they did uh, end up because of the trade. They they got rid of Brandon Cooks to the Rams, right? Yes. And who basically is a, a shell of a receiver anymore after that hit he took in the Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. um, And you could tell in his – did you see the picture from his, like, press conference getting introduced uh, to the Rams? No. He's just, like, slumped in his chair and just, like, uninthused. Vegetative state. Yeah, pretty much. And so um, they got rid of him for, I think it was a first pick and, like, a sixth-round pick or something, like, first-round pick. And I swear if the Rams like try to trade for um, – OBJ. Oh, no. I almost said OBD. <laughs> but, you know, that's not the case. RVD, Rob Van Dam. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, if they try to trade for him, I, I, they're just trying to be the Golden State Warriors, I swear. Which, I'm not a really big fan of the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's been stated on the show yet, but not. Uh, you may mm. have mentioned a time or two. I know we've mentioned that we don't like the Yankees, but... That's... No, I mean... Yeah, that's kind of a given. Guys, been eating too much. Anyways, um, so basically, what he was going through this twenty four seven story is that Tanner Lee could potentially be drafted by the Patriots and built through the Belichick offense, essentially by parts around Belichick's office. (laughs) Belichick makes Pro Bowlers with spare parts in his office. I, that's how he that's how he got Wes Welker. He found like a rake in a shed and he found, you know, a couple other I forget what the other tools were, but he kind of put them together and that's how Wes Welker was created. <laughs> well, I've I said it before, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I've said it to you before, Jake. I will be the least bit surprised if Taylor Lee's picked in the fifth round or sooner. And the reason I say that is, and, and David Carr went on to say that he, he honestly thinks that Tanner Lee is one of the like, he he could easily be. In I only listen to his brother. I'm gonna be I'm gonna just be straight Derek up. Derek Carr. Yeah. It's not like he's done much more. Um, he's only been to the Pro Bowl like twice. 
which is two more times than <laughs> David ever was in it. Oh, just because he's getting millions of dollars doesn't mean he's the better brother. Um, just because he's, you know, has way more wins in like three seasons compared to like Derek's seven um, doesn't mean that he's better. But anyways, but he was basically saying that... Um, where do I want to go with this? He was basically saying that there are some people and some scouts that honestly have Tanner Lee in like their top five, top seven for like quarterback prospects that they'd want no. to get. And the reason being, he wasn't even a top five quarterback in the Big Ten. No, he wasn't. But the thing is, is and the thing is, is he is like built to be a a an NFL quarterback, just like based on. So what, was Carl Crawford. He was a great baseball player. Yeah, but he decided to play baseball or whatever, you know. But so, but I'm just saying, like, if you put him with the right coach, if you he'll throw, right he'll throw all the interceptions you want. He, yes, I'm not like advocating that I like Tanner Lee or anything. I'm just saying that like well, he could honestly be put in the right position and right team, and it could all work. But out I will say, what I will say about this whole thing is uh, with Tanner Lee. Yeah, you can talk about, oh, he didn't have an offensive line, but he still threw a bunch of interceptions when he did throw. Um, the historic example, since you know this is called Chasing History, uh, is Vinny Testaverde, who was, uh, nearly ran out of Cincinnati his first couple of years because of how many interceptions he threw. Um, and I think, I'm not sure if it was ever confirmed, but people legitimately thought that he was colorblind. I am. And um, anyway... He ended up being, uh, I think, later on in his career, way later on in his career, like when he was like 35, 34, he did lead the NFL in passing yards and had a very limited number of interceptions. So if someone can find a way to fix that Belichick, um, I think that he does have a decent NFL career. I'm still going to hate him, but, like, you know. <laughs> well, what if you went to the Rams with, uh, with Zach Taylor as the quarterback coach then now? Um, I'd be something. Yeah, but I'd also like to, uh, Zach Taylor to be our quarterback coach. Yeah. Who's our quarterback coach with the new staff? Or I can, you know, I can look it up. Oh, Mario Verduzco. Uh, he's actually he, he's pretty good too. Well, I'm sure he is, but it's I'm, no Zach Taylor. It, <laughs> he was 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 he was he a 2006 offensive Big Twelve offensive player of the year? No, but he, yeah, he, yeah. Okay, he I don't want to. I don't want to. Mackenzie Milton. I I, I don't. UCF I and, I yeah he, yeah no. <laughs> No. <laughs> uh, I went ahead and looked at Pro Football Reference for David Carr. Uh, he never won more than seven games. <laughs> um, he threw – hold on, I had it. Oh. He threw 65 touchdowns and 71 interceptions. So he knows a lot about uh, Tanner Lee's play style. It's less touchdowns, more interceptions. <laughs> um, completion percentage oh, apparently doesn't matter to Mel Kuyper, yeah. but it does – when you talk about a certain person, Lamar Jackson. Um, and He's they, still my number one quarterback. He should be. I, and I, he sh yeah. I, like, I don't. Uh, you know why he doesn't have, you know why he isn't? It's because he doesn't get a lot of media attention. Though I will say, apparently he had a really low um, Wonderlick score. You're but I mean, a, have you taken a Wonderlick? Um, I have. They are extremely difficult. They are yes, they're very difficult. But they're, they're very easy questions in a very difficult manner because you get like twelve minutes to answer fifty questions. I think they've even made it less now. I think it's like twenty-five and six or something like that. But the thing that I look at though is a quarterback. Their wonderlick score is very important to me. I will say that. If you can play quarterback, I don't care what your wonderlick score is. I do because I – there's no more of a mental position to me in the NFL well, yeah. and for football, excuse me, than the quarterback because they are the, the on-field coach. <laughs> I can't wait to run the show by myself after that comment. <laughs> Continue. Go ahead. So there's no, mo you know, there's no more of a, like a mental oh, – yeah position than quarterback and what really judges your ability to think on your feet uh is wonderlick i mean that'd for be, me that'd be like i mean it's easy way that'd be like 
wanting to have your MLB pitcher be completely mentally unstable when he's on the mound. It's like, I'm just going to go up there. I'm just going to throw. Well, that's what you want with your closer, right? Well, with your closer, yeah, that's different. With the starting pitcher. (laughs) Your starter, whoever you put on the bunk. I want my closer to have his hair on fire when he pitches. (laughs) That's why I'm going to go out there and not even know he's out there. Um, No, I I get why they do the Wonder League, and I get why it matters and – what is it? But I only but I only use it though with Ryan, quarterbacks. Ryan Fitzpatrick has like the highest one because he went to Harvard. He got like yeah, he had one of them. or forty nine out of fifty or something yeah, like that. He's a you know was a decent quarterback. He's and he's still getting paid. Oh yeah, he, he's had his ups and downs. Let me but look. He's at, also been on, let me look. I'm gonna have. I, there's somewhere there's a list of. I think Lamar got like fourteen out of fifty. Well, see, I don't know if they do it out of fifty or out of twenty five now. Because if if he gets if that so if it's out of twenty five and he got a fourteen, that's an old twenty eight. That's not bad. That's not terrible. That's pretty good, in fact. I I would now, say. Now, 14 out of 50. Now, I I think when I did the one really last time, I got to – now, I don't know how many I got right, but I think I got to question like 28 to 30, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. But it's like the first 10 are like, oh, this is easy. Like it, it gets builds up your confidence. Then you get to one where you have to like do math, and you're like, do I skip it or do I – like have to work it out. Okay, so I looked at um, a median score by profession for the Wonder League to kind of judge, so we can help, uh, kind of tell. Right. You know. You know. Um. So the highest median score by profession, profession or the highest here are uh, we got systems analyst is thirty two, a chemist is thirty one, wow. electrical engineer thirty, and engineer twenty nine. So and a program is 29, too. So, wow. No doctors. Uh, yeah, let's see if there is uh, a doctor. Nurse is 23. Mm. Um, like I said, I'm wondering if it's extremely difficult. Reporter is 28? I'm not that smart. <laughs> oh, well, I like I said, I got to about 28. So, I'll... and then, the, and so, and this is interesting. So, um, so an offensive, they have the average score by position mm-hmm. as well. Off, the highest is offensive tackle with um, 26. Oh, offensive linemen are, like, always extremely – like, for whatever reason, are always extremely smart. That, that too, did you um, – so I'm going to make a side note here. Have you heard about that um, offensive guard for the uh, Ravens or offensive tackle for the Ravens who's getting his postgraduate degree at MIT in mathematics in the offseason? Like, he goes to MIT I, I and, think I've heard of it, and he yeah. trains in theoretical math. Yeah, that is crazy, and I think he got a four point um, He went to Penn State and got like a four point I think I know who you're talking about. Like, and I listened to this guy talk, and like it was NFL Films made like a short mm-hmm. uh, film on him, and he was talking to like these kids about like why he's into math, and it's he, this guy is so interesting to like listen to, and I am, you know, there's always like the stereotype about like dumb jocks or whatever mm-hmm. um i'm friends with uh, a lineman on the football team not going to name names and i've talked to some other linemen they're super smart guys and they speak you know very clearly and everything even if you know what you'd think you know with a lot of the hits those guys take you know yeah <laughs> slow them down a little bit no they're super smart guys anyways we're gonna go back to what we were discussing at the wonderlick offensive tackle average score is 26 that's the highest mm-hmm. so offensive tackles should be as smart, you know, uh, or as quick on their feet as an electronics technician. Wow. That's really impressive. And quarterback is 24. So if, in other words, you're saying that it's 14 out of 25, Lamar Jackson's above average. And so he's still my number one. Here we go. They they released him. I'm just going to look at him because now now I wonder if they're out of 50 again or if they're out of 25 because... That would be a huge difference. Oh, okay. So it's um, over four years. They've done 12 minutes to complete 50 questions. And it doesn't look like it. Okay. Of course, the the one article that I try to bring up is the one that's not going to work. Here we go. Okay. Let me see. All right. So here we go. <laughs> All right. Now, now we're going to try again. But it looked like it said it may still be out of 50. So unless I saw Lamar's number wrong here. Josh Allen, 37. Josh Rosen, 29. Sam Darnold, 28. Baker, 25. Lamar, 13. 
Yeesh. <laughs> Yeesh. Rice aroni. Um, okay, now that does concern me because I'm looking at a guy here. Now, I'm not going to say Josh Allen's like just because of a 24 different, like on, on the wonder, like that he's that much better. Like, I, I know it's important for, I, I don't, you know, I don't want my quarterback to go out there and not know what he's doing or be like mentally unsure about how to play the sport. But at the same time, like, some people just don't test well. I didn't and think those, I'd have to think this much this morning. Yeah, I didn't like think I decision. would either, but now we do. But here's, those 12 minutes to answer 50 questions, I mean, that is stressful. Like, he could yes. have gotten through more than 13 questions, but he could have maybe only gotten 13 right. Who knows? I don't, you know. But, I mean, but at the same time, the Wonderlick is based on being able to think on your feet. So, that being said... That's kind of concerning if you can only do 13. Lamar, Lamar didn't get a chance to think on his feet. He was running the whole time. <laughs> That's true. I think that was the first time in a while he didn't have to do something like that. So he just wanted to take his time for once for the first time <laughs> since high school probably. <laughs> they finally gave him a, 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 rel, uh, a decent amount of time to do something. So he's, he took advantage of it. But here's what's concerning for me. Sure. So I'm looking at some of the lowest scores of all time. Uh, how familiar are you with um, a Jeff George? Have you heard of Jeff George before? Maybe. So he was a quarterback in the 90s who was a first overall draft pick, I think, out of Illinois. His fact, his son is the quarterback for Illinois right now. And his first overall pick, um, he was pretty much everything they're saying, Josh Allen is now he like physically that's what he was um a lot of people will tell you that the most gifted quarterback talent wise that they'd seen was jeff george um in fact i forget who it was but oh earlier like in august i was watching an interview um on the herd with colin coward mm -hmm. uh with i forget who it was but a former linebacker who said that the uh, only time he'd ever heard a pass whistle by his ears because the ball was thrown that hard was by Jeff George. So this guy was very talented. But he was a journeyman quarterback because he was not very smart uh, player. Mm. And it says right here that his score was a 10. And that makes a lot of that That, like, just totally, that puts, like, the puzzle together when I see this. And so now to see Lamar Jackson with a 13 is really concerning as to what he will do on the next level. Do you still have the averages pulled up? By yes, position. 24. What is for it for receiver? For receiver, 17. See, now now that it's come out that he's got a 13, people are really going to get on this receiver train. Jeez. Oh, uh, I just – I don't want to – I don't want to be that person, but I – I wonder if you'll you, – it could be interesting. Maybe they could try a um, Terrell Pryor kind of thing, and they could have him at quarterback, and maybe they'll be like, maybe he is better wide receiver, and they'll put him there. The thing, I mean, Terrell Pryor had a major case of the yips this year. That's for sure. He he went from having like a fairly decent uh, twenty sixteen with Washington, and then it's like, okay, like maybe it'll work out for a second here, and it just like it went downhill fast. And I think it's one of those that like you, well, and even like Braxton Miller, you get put into the position where you have to be a highly competitive receiver, like immediately. Mm -hmm. You're being put up against, like, top-level talent at cornerback and safety immediately. And you're like – I think it's it's beneficial to be a quarterback before you're a receiver. That's why, that's, why you pre, that's why Terrell Pryor is as good of a wide receiver as he is. I think it's beneficial because you know what the defense are doing. You know – you can, like, read a defense. And Terrell a Pryor wasn't that bad of a quarterback. No, he wasn't. He was just I, because being a Raiders fan, he was their quarterback for a while. I remember watching it, looking through the stats at the end of the first quarter, and it's like two rushing attempts, 110 yards. Yeah. Well, like, he was, was a good dual-threat quarterback. That was the thing. Almost every quarterback that's come out of Ohio State recently has had to be a dual-threat. Not because like, yeah, not because of any certain factor, but that's the offense Urban Meyer runs. That's the offense that Ohio State had been running. is a spread offense that features the threat of quarterback run. So, Terrell Pryor did it. Braxton Miller did it. Uh, JT Barrett's doing it. Does JT JT Barrett's gone now, right? Or is he there still? Uh, I'm not sure. I feels like he's been there forever. All right. By the way, we got a comment from the unofficial uh, third host. 
about Jeff George. Is it your dad? Well, of course. Um, so, and this is a very good point that was made. He didn't care. He, he, he really, uh, Jeff George didn't care. Well, I thought you meant your dad didn't no. care. Jeff George didn't care um, about how much he played. Uh, one quote that I remember uh, Jeff George said near the end of his career, because he was a Raiders quarterback, was um, first and second down, uh, I'll listen to the coach. Third down, I pick, uh, I pick a random pass play and I just throw it up to Tim Brown. <laughs> That's actually what he said. He didn't he didn't even know what play he would call. He would just throw it up to Tim Brown and see what would happen. Jeff George would be your closer if he was on a baseball team. <laughs> yeah, he'd just whistle it by you and he's like, oh, I, is it, a, if it I doesn't play, even matter if it's a ball or a strike. Just intimidate the batter. That's what I want. Okay, we'll talk about this later in the show, but what I want in a closer is a guy who pitches with hair on fire. <laughs> Loads the bases up with no outs, then strikes out the side. And I, yep. I want a, I want every ninth inning to be a roller coaster. I like Trevor. I'm sure Trevor Hoffman, uh, former Padres pitcher and former all-time saves leader, is a great person. Seems like a great person. But watching him close games was so boring because all he'd do is throw a changeup right in the corner, like and paint the corners with a changeup the entire time, and throw in a fastball just to throw him off. And like, no, I want. I want like the like a three foot breaking slider that nearly takes the batter's head off, and I just want like Jeff, I want to sweat bullets watching the ninth inning. Jeff George on the mound would would be all, yeah. I'll listen to the catcher for the first two pitches, but if it's a two zero count, I'm just I'm, going, gonna, I'm just throwing it uh, knuckle curve knuckle curve. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting a twelve six that only has a twelve right at the batter's head. <laughs> So, other NFL news. Uh, this may be relative to you because you like the Raiders for some unfortunate reason, but I like the Redskins, so we both are just unfortunate Idiots. people. Yeah. Uh, well, the Raiders might – I honestly think the Raiders will do very well with They won't coach. now. They just got rid of their punter to the Broncos. They got rid of Marquette King? Yep. Well, I don't know if they got rid of him, but I think he was up for free agency. And so I don't think I can do the rest of the show. All of the Raiders' swagger is gone. And we have John Gruden. It's okay. Yeah, John. We have Gruden. we have John Gruden and we have, uh, the other uh, Mark Davis. They're bowl cuts. You got both of them. Okay, Mark Davis. I'm not a very big fan of. He's got to get I'm, a new barber. That's what he needs to do. We need to get a new owner. <laughs> if P Diddy can buy the Raiders, Puff Daddy, you know how happy I would be <laughs> if he could keep them in Oakland, <laughs> oh. or even move them to L.A. and get. The all, Chargers out. All of the members of NWA are are gonna purchase the Raiders. <laughs> the ghost of Easy E <laughs> buying the Raiders. Well, I, I more so meant the ones that are yes. alive still. But I want the ghost of Easy E to buy the Raiders. Could you imagine Ice Cube owning the Raiders? Oh, absolutely. He writes songs about the Raiders all the time. He's just pissed the whole time up at the podium. Oh yeah, he he writes songs about the Raiders. Doctor Dre's the offensive analyst. No, no, no. The in the summer in George Clinton, the George, George Clinton, Bill Callahan is your offensive line no. coach. No. Bill Actually, Callahan is he's, a phenomenal. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's not bad. He just was a terrible head coach. It's just like yeah, I. Uh, it's just you know bad taste in my mouth. Not only, he ruined the Raiders, he ruined the Cornhuskers. Yeah, no, I don't really like the guy too much. <laughs> Moving on with uh, professional sports, I suppose uh, teams. I, I you know I guess we. Talking about stats and history and whatever. Really? The play? No. Uh, uh, yeah, the, playoffs are, the playoffs are coming up. Uh, a couple of like storylines that uh, have been coming out lately. Uh, Kyrie's out for the season. Now, I I like Kyrie and I like the Celt. I have a soft spot for the Celtics, but as a Sixers fan, this is like good news. <laughs> this is really good news. Consider well, if we if get the third. Like, if we get the third seed over the Cavs, what, which will pro- will likely happen. Yeah, unless the Cavs, like, what is it? They said if they win all three of their last games, they match or beat last year's win total or something like that. I saw that. But, the Cle- I mean, Cleveland plays Philadelphia today, which basically would be for a half game. They either would take a full game over the Sixers or the Sixers would take a half game over Cleveland. So. Honestly, I think no matter what, the Eastern Conference Finals is Cavs-Sixers. I'm just okay. So how I'm like trying to picture how that would work. Would it? Because either one's going to be a fourth seed or one's going to be a third seed. 
And they won't play each other in the first round, obviously. Yes, they won't play each other. They won't. Pl- they can't play each other until the Eastern Conference Finals. If one's a fourth seed and one's a third seed, which is, I think, mathematically the only possible outcome. Yeah, I'm like trying to. That's why I'm trying to like picture it in my head how that would work. Uh, so you have you have on one side you have one place one eight. you have one eight four five on one side, uh-huh. and then you have three six two seven. Okay, so and yeah. so they have to yeah you're they can right, only right. meet in the i'm just like trying finals. to i'm just trying to like visualize a bracket in my head so yep um no i i like the heat so you know uh, my roommate likes the heat and i got a soft spot one of my favorite players in the nba right now is you not in not not well him i am um, i was not the name of hassan Whiteside. you haslam is second <laughs> You only see even though Haslam even though Creighton put some bone hurting juice on him in 2002, but <laughs> whatever, no big deal. Udonis uh, has actually, ironically, yes, Udonis Haslam is one of my UD, favorite players. UD's been there forever. He's my he's like my Brian Scalabrine. Like whenever whenever you think, man, who's gonna be on this like Miami Heat team? And you're going down the roster and you're like, okay, all right, Udonis Haslam's still there. Okay. If the year is thirty fifty seven. Yeah. Udonis Haslam gets fouled and goes to the line for two. <laughs> He's looking for his fourth point of the night. Um, no, but so I like the Heat, and right now they're slated to get the six um, above the Bucks and somebody else. I don't remember who the other team was. Wizards, I think. Um, and so the Wizards, uh, if it's, Wizards, I mean, I know they're going to make it in the playoffs, but as a seventh seed or an eight seed. I think it was as I'll bring eight, up this thing. wasn't it? I, that makes sense because they don't even have a uh, wall. I last checked. Yeah. Did Wall come? Actually, oh, wait, has Wall come oh, back no. yet? So the Eastern Conference playoffs have already been decided. Like at least not not position wise, but the, everybody's clinched. Who's who's okay? So as in who's in? Yeah. Okay. One so second. so one through eight is Toronto, Boston, Cleveland, Philly, Indiana. Wow. Yeah, I remember when they said getting rid of Paul George would just, like, throw the Pacers off the rails. Uh, the Pacers. Funny. I think they probably have a better record. Victor Oladipo, if he does not win most improved no, yeah, they have year, a. Oh, he, he's been great. I remember watching him at Indiana, and he, he is a I really like how he plays. I really like how he plays. He's a great defensive guard, and that's uh, that's a player. Those are the players I like to see, probably, are Wa- defensive guards. Miami is six, Washington is seven, and Milwaukee is eight. That's your Eastern Conference in the West. It's, that West is, is ha 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 wild West. Is, That's really what it is, though. Is un, so unknown right now. It's Houston, Golden State, and Portland are the fourth are the through locks. ninth is decided by two games. Fourth through ninth is decided by two yeah, games right now. Fourth, well, fourth through anybody four through ten could end up making the playoffs. I don't think the Clippers are going to make it though. No, I don't think they will either. I'm just saying, like, but it is mathematically possible. Yeah, seven, seven, eight, nine is tied or all tied. Um, actually, no, the Pelicans have one less loss, but I mean, that's just the scheduling, uh, thing. Like someone could lose their last three games and be, uh, just be out. Denver's probably, I think Denver had the toughest road. They have to play like two of the three of the teams that are ahead of them. Mm-hmm. I think the Timberwolves have the easiest and I, they deserve to be, and they've had a really good season. They've really improved. Timberwolves have turned around. They've, they, and they're, yeah. and they're a really fun team to watch. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns. Awesome, yeah. great player. Um, even though I I hate all these stretch fives that are now playing in the NBA now, but you know he's you know, he's so good that you it, you can't hate him. Here's what I got to say. Remember how I went and now I, I I'm kind of on this bandwagon, and you like an Eastern Conference team, so we both can agree that these conferences usually bad. Like it just oh yeah, it's crap. The level of competition. It's not that it's like less because it's still the NBA. It's just the fact that like the conglomerate of teams. Is like, oh well, this team has two, one really, really good player, one. And it's pretty it's good always player. it's always been like that. Yeah, yeah it's always been like that it's since since the eighties at least. Yeah, and then it's like, uh, you know, the Western is usually you've got like the top four teams are like uh, each team has like four all stars. Mm-hmm. Like. Which sounds like a lot, but that's when I fr- when I first started paying attention to the NBA, it was like the 2000s, mid or mid early 2000s. I was a little little wee guy back then, but uh, what I do remember was my brother telling me how much better the Western Conference was, 
And that was absolutely the case because those teams had such great depth. Like the, if you look at the Lakers teams that won like those three straight titles, they had to because look at the teams they had to play in the Western. Yeah, but you look at like, but you look at their roster. Mm-hmm. They're like thirteen, fourteen, like twelve, thirteen guys on the roster would probably be like sixth, seventh guys for some a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference because the Eastern Conference had as many stars. But they had no depth. Like Allen Iverson's team with the Sixers, who was like 36-year-old Dikembe Mutombo was the second guy. Yeah. Eric Snow, um, the Boston Celtics. I can't name another guy I besides. Think I was on that team too. Pierce, Pierce, and um, Anton Antoine Walker made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I can't name another guy on that team, and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. No, I in um. Like the Bucks, the Bucks, the no. Bucks, or something like that. The Bucks made it to in the Eastern Conference Finals too. Took uh, the Sixers to seven games. That was when the the year Iverson stepped over our future Husker coach Lou. Like I, I can, uh, I know Ray Allen was on that team. I can't name another guy. Yeah. Like no. it's always been that way. Yeah, I. And the reason you know what? let's look at let's look at these rosters and see if we can even like we've ever even heard of the other guys that were starting. The reason I bring it up is because we for the first time in a while we may see more 50 win teams in the Eastern Conference than the Western Conference because right now the Houston Rockets But that's just a matter of how closely together the Western Conference is. Well, I know, but usually, it's still it's still a better conference. Usually someone that's 500 is making it. Like the Pistons are 37 and 41 right now in the Eastern Conference. Usually that would get you into the playoffs in the Eastern. Like you they'd still be in talks to be, you know, 41 and 41 and getting in. But Houston's got 64 wins, Golden State has 57. And Portland needs to win two more and with only what three games left. They'd have to win two or three to get over 50. And Cleveland needs one more to get over 50. And the Sixers could win two more and get over 50, which would be – that's an incredible turnaround for them too. So, like, I don't know. It's just one of those – I don't want to say that we're finally seeing the Eastern Conference, like, catch up to the Western Conference. But competition-wise, at least interconference is getting better for both sides. Absolutely. Now, I – does that mean you won't see Golden State, Cleveland Part Four? No, but no, I think, I think it's going to be likely that we won't see Part Four. I think it's more likely that they will not play each other than it is that they will. And I guess absolutely. Apparently, have you ever looked at? I think it's five thirty-eight or whatever it is. They always do their percentage to get into the finals. Percentage. I have. I, haven't, I I know of them, and I have, um, but I haven't seen. Sorry, I just saw the headline with yeah. Conor McGregor. Um, hate him. Uh, <laughs> but I have not looked at it for the NBA finals. Um, I just saw it a day or two ago. The uh, Golden State Warriors, which apparently you don't like, which is fine. I get it. I get why. Uh, Thank you. They are only slated to, as a 10% chance to even win the West. And, like, I know they aren't number one, but in a seven-game series, I'm fairly confident that they no. could – they could take Houston to seven. Oh, they could take Houston to seven. I I'd, I don't I'd, know. I pick I pick Houston, but it, they'll they. My prediction: if we're going to go to the semifinals. Did you see how the Rockets almost collapsed last night, though? They were up two, and then Harden missed two free throws. Well, Harden's not a great free throw shooter, though. Not a great. Free, he's taken thirty a game. I mean, you better be good at it. <laughs> well, there's a reason why he's taking thirty a game. <laughs> One, because the refs. Yeah, actually. Second, he for being as good of a shooter that he is, mm-hmm. free throw shooting. He's he's no Rick Barry. <laughs> we're gonna throw some of those names out there. Anyway, so we are discussing depth in the Eastern Conference from a historical standpoint yep. because this is chasing history. So, I looked at the 2001 Milwaukee Bucks that took the Sixers to seven games. Okay. Ten players started more than ten games. Mm-hmm. Only three guys started more than seventy, so they shifted their lineup a bunch. Mm-hmm. Only let's see here. Okay, so Ray Allen okay. started every game. Yep. 
Second most game started. I'm going to just go in order game started. Oh, yeah. Sam Cassell. You've heard okay. of him. The alien. Sam Cassell. Uh, Glenn Robinson. Okay. This is where things get a little wild now. Glenn, uh, wow. I always think... Glenn Robinson. You, uh, you're thinking of the third, right? Are you thinking of the Glenn Robinson the third? No, I'm thinking of uh, Big Baby Davis. Like, oh, uh, yep. Glenn Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Remember him at UCL or at LSU? Yeah. That was wild. Remember when he cried on the bench because uh, Kevin what? Garnett yelled at him? Is that how he got the nickname Big Baby? <laughs> I think it's because he looks like a big baby. Well, that was part of it. But too. that cemented his legacy. <laughs> so, after those three that I named. Yeah, is it a big drop-off? Yes. Okay, give me the next name. I'll tell you if I don't or not. This guy I haven't even heard of. Oh. Mark Pope. Nope. Jason Caffey. No. Scott Williams. <laughs> That's like the most basic name you could come Joe with. Smith. I'm just Joe Smith. No. Irvin Johnson. Not that one. Not the Irving Johnson. Not him. Not Irving Johnson. Irvin Johnson. Irvin Johnson. No. The I, I've, I've heard of him Not magic, from something. <laughs> magic Man Johnson. Um, Yeah, so Irvin Johnson led the team in rebounds. Seven and a half. Which is like a college number. And he only averaged 3.2 points a game. I think I averaged that in an intramural game. <laughs> Same, and I'm like 5'10". Yeah. Tim Thomas, who I've, I've heard of because he had a decent career afterwards. Um, then Darvin Ham, Joel Prisabilia. I only know him because of how weird his name is. Yeah. And then... Who's the Bucks coach that year? Um, George Carl. Oh. Wow. So he was their star oh. player. He was, yeah. Well, Ray Allen was, and then it was George. It was no, Ray George. Allen, George Carl, Executive Ernie Grunfeld. I don't know. I just, I just thought. I so basically, that. what we're saying is that the Eastern, Eastern Conference, Conference is garbage. Has always has been, always will be, apparently. Um, but also, for once, can the Knicks be good? I just like have been no, thinking I'm about okay that. Without that, oh, I, I, I feel like New York like deserves something. No. They've got two Super Bowls with Eli Manning. They they got lucky enough. No, the basketball is the sport they care about. Well, yeah, I guess since technically the, the all New the, York Giants aren't even in New York. In all the other sports for like New York team, they don't care. No one in New York really cares about football. I saw you were there. Yes, I saw. Um, I'm I counted all the different NFL apparel that I saw. None. Three Raiders. Um, Four, three forms of Raiders apparel. That was it. That was that was it. I didn't see anything New York Jets. I didn't see anything New York Giants. And the all, only thing I had heard about either two local teams was on the subway. Um, this kid, and this was, I had heard so many conversations because there's so many people in New York, and I just heard one kid talking to his dad, and they were Giants fans, and they were, and they were going very in depth on who they were going to draft. That was the only mention. I had heard in any form of the Giants or Jets, they don't care about football in New York. They and care all- about baseball. The only reason they care about them is because the Yankees give them a championship every year. Hockey, surprisingly, they care about hockey more the than Islanders, they do. Yeah. Because, and the Rangers. Because, oh, sorry, the Rangers more. So, but. Yeah. Um, but by far the biggest sport in New York is basketball because there's so many parks and everyone's always dribbling a basketball in the street. It's and it's part of hip hop culture, which is born in New York. So, just give like and no one cares about the Brooklyn Nets. That's still New Jersey's team. So, in other word, um, New York Knicks just be good. Make some people happy. <laughs> I'm sure all three make the Eastern make the Eastern Conference interesting too. That's more importantly. Yeah. Well, it was fairly interesting until probably about eh. 30 years ago. I was 35. I was going to say a week ago, but for this year. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I'm sure all three pieces of Raiders apparel were yours. Um, (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Only two of them were. Um, I don't know. If I had to pick right now, if, if playoffs started today, which they almost do. So, if I had to pick... Mm. I I think the Raptors have a decent chance coming out of the East, but as everyone always says, you, yeah. But what about playoff LeBron? So I I don't like picking the Eastern. Who's going to come out of the East? Because I feel like it's inevitable, but I hope not. I think when you're done, I'm going to give you my semifinal final predictions. 
Uh, oh, like the the Eastern it's Conference, Western for, Conference Finals. Yes, okay, yes, the Final Four. Well, I think I think it's going to be uh, Houston and Golden State. I just think that by the nature of how it is, unless someone gives Golden State or Houston a run for their money, which the T Wolves mm-hmm. could and the Pelicans could. If, if the if, if it, the T Wolves click like they haven't this season, they could surprise. They they are the Loyola of this yeah. of this whole thing. I don't think they'd necessarily. The Jazz them. could the Jazz could shock as well. I think out of the East, I think you're pretty Greg spot Popovich. on. Greg Popovich, yeah. I think it might, be, it might be Cavs Sixers, um, depending on how that mm-hmm. shakes out. Um, it could be um, – it can't be Raptors Sixers unless they get the three, right? Um, what, what, Raptors Sixers? Yeah. Yeah, be, unless – if the Sixers are the fourth seed, it'll have to be – they can only play in the semifinals. Yeah, so – but if they get the three – so it – I, I guess, like I said, if it started today, they wouldn't be. So uh, if it started today, it's either Cavs, Sixers, or I'd say uh, Raptors, Cavs, probably. Yeah, for me, I'm going to have to go with um, Cavs, Sixers. Uh, Cavs will win in five. And then uh, Western Conference, uh, Rockets, Warriors, Rockets win in seven. And then Rockets, Cavs in the finals. Rockets and six. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's not. Oh, I, I, yeah. Kings and seven. Kings and. By yeah. the let's by see, the where way, are the, where are the Kings at? Oh, twenty-five and fifty-four. Yeah, I so I sorry. think you knew that I am like also a Kings fan. Yeah. Oh, I knew. Okay. Okay. So you. Okay. So that's not a surprise. The old like so part of the reason I switched is because my dad and the culture of Philadelphia is great. Um, really underrated. Mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings, I would they would still be my one and only team, but there's I don't think there's a team in major league sports that's more poorly run than the Sacramento Kings. And it's like and you try to be loyal to a team, but it is just so pathetic um how that organization is run as a whole. And it's it's so frustrating that it's just it was just better for my mental health to just leave that team well, in like I left, I left to be a Sixers fan during the process. <laughs> that is how poorly run the Kings organization is. Well, see, the thing with the Sixers, at least they knew what they were doing. They're like, we're just going to keep tanking until we build this thing up. The Kings were were kind of. That's like, what I do in MVP 5 <laughs> I, I feel like the Kings were probably trying like, let's let's try to make this work. And it's like, no, just tank. Nick Stauskas. <laughs> Um, he couldn't even catch a pass, and he was a catch-and-shoot player. My my buddy and I, we both – well, you've, you've met Ron. Uh, Ron's great. We both, yeah. like, we both like the Heat, and yeah. we are, we're kind of in conjunction with the fact that they aren't like a poorly run franchise, but they are – not they, great. They are a misguided franchise because Pat Riley either tries to get guys – like when they're out of their prime, thinking they're still in their prime, or like last year, they – they went into the break. They were eight and thirty-three, or seven and thirty-four, and they got so hot. And they were terrible. And then they literally had the exact same like record, but flipped as for wins and losses. So I remember that because, like I mentioned, my friend Gabe is you. You totally know Gabe, and uh, he's a huge Heat fan. And I remember him being like, "You got to check this. This record is wild." But, and but Ron, Ron before the season is like, "We're gonna tank." And I was like, well, why? And he's like, we're taking. And I was like, okay. I'm, I was like, I'm not on board, but okay. And then it got to a certain point, and I was like, okay, if they don't tank, this season's a waste. I was like, because what's going to – and I told him this at the All-Star break. I told him, I was like, what's going to happen is if they somehow turn this thing around, they're either going to get the eighth seed and barely make the playoffs – or they'll finish ninth and barely miss it, and then the season will be a complete waste because they don't have any draft picks. They won't even get a good lottery Honestly, pick. Honestly, yeah, that's the thing is when a team finishes ninth, I'd rather them finish just dead last. Yeah, and that's what we said. And then what did they do? They went. They had a, a chance to beat the Bulls to make the playoffs, and he's like, they're not going to beat them. They didn't beat them. They missed the playoffs. They didn't get to pick till 15th or whatever. They took Bam out of bio, which Bam's actually been pretty good this season. But the thing is, is when they got Bosh – and Wade and LeBron and like that whole crew together, they gave up basically every pick they had until like 2026. So when when you don't tank when you're doing bad, you then also just don't get a pick because you don't get a lottery pick. They have like second round picks for the next four years. 
there's have so it I kind of get where the apathy with a franchise is. The thing is, though, the Heat have at least produced NBA championships. Not recently, but... In general. Just, Unlike the Kings. So, yeah. They've gotten a couple more since 1950. And they finally figured out how to bring Dwayne and Wade back. So I was so, happy about that. Um, I'm going to go... I know we're going to finish this show with basketball. Um, and I have another basketball question, oh, but then I need to mention something. That, and we need to, I need to mention something else, okay, too. First of all, you mentioned Pat Riley. Do you think that Pat Riley will be in the if he honestly I need to check if he hasn't already. Um, uh, I'm just gonna search this before I ask it, um, just in case I end up just looking like an idiot for asking this question. Um, okay, yep, he already is then, and it, I totally agree with this. Then it, it says basketball hall. He's in the basketball hall of fame as a coach, from what I see. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with this? Yeah, I do too. I think he's one of the greatest coaches of all time, and they never bring that up when talking about the greatest coaches. I would rather have him as my coach than uh, Phil Jackson, personally. See, that was the thing. The thing is, is he was coaching, I don't want to say in the prime of his life, but he was coaching when he was more in tune with the basketball world, mm-hmm. and then they wanted him. Now he's 73, can, you know. It's, well, it's, and it's not even that it's not, he's not like in tune with what's happening in basketball. It's like, it's just much harder now to judge whether a player's going to be like worth giving the money to. They signed Dion Waiters to like a two-year $30 million deal or something like that. I was like, why? why? Like, why would you? I don't know if it was that much. I might be exaggerating. But, like, those aren't players you need to be signing to anything long-term because they're out of their prime. But, no, as a coach, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Um, Also, we are going to touch on this for probably two minutes at most. But I wanted to bring this up, considering that the NHL players are going up. I have not followed hockey much this year. I don't really have a team. I just know that my but Sharks are doing really, really well. So I have to say, I don't know why this is never. I never hear about this in sports news. But personally, I believe that the biggest story in sports right now should be that the expansion Las Vegas or Vegas Golden Knights why are going are they, to the playoffs. Why are they so good? Um, well, part mad. of it is because a lot of um, NHL teams had to put a lot of their really good players into the expansion draft. Not really, though. I mean, here. I mean, the thing is, is yes, you're in the NHL, so like obviously. Well, it was just with this draft. There's a bunch of teams that had to sell off like some big parts for money reasons, yeah. and so well, yeah, for money. Reasons, Vegas. Yeah. So Vegas had to pick them up because but they did have the money to the, secure the thing, some of these the guys. Thing with a lot of the players, though, is like. Because someone asked me, like, how did it work? I was like, well, every team has to give up a player, and they had to pick um, for every position. They had to, like, they had to follow these really tight constraints. You had to have at least this many goalkeepers, this many, or goalies, this many, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, but you were allowed to, like, if you're, uh, for example, if you're the Capitals, like, okay, well, we want to play for the Capitals. Like, okay, well, you can't have Ovechkin, you can't have our goaltender, and you can't have, like, these two guys. And then you go from there. But the thing is, is like once you drop off from that four or five, like will, like your fifth or sixth best player, are they still pretty good? Yeah, they're still in the NHL. Are they still like international, like world class players? Yes, they are. Mm-hmm. That's why they're in the NHL. But like they weren't getting like they don't have a team of like Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, you know the the best goaltender out there or anything like that. But they were able to take enough parts, and for a team of guys that have never played together. To, to win 51 games, I mean, hell, to even make the playoffs as a team that had never played together. To have a winning is, season is unbelievable. That's what I'm saying. Like, the best, in comparison, the best expansion record in baseball was 72-90. and 90. Best, you know, inaugural season for an expansion team. At California one, Angels in 19-whatever. At one point, they were leading the whole West. I mean, they're still in third, but... And then my Sharks are in fourth, so I'm happy about that. But I mean, the Predators, who who were an eight seed last year and made it to the the Stanley Cup, are in first. So that kind of makes sense that if they returned everybody, they initial would... playoffs has more upsets than March Madness. <laughs> it's not even that they're upsets. Like I said, all of them are full of world ca- world class players. And there's a and I'm probably gonna go way too long on this, but there was I think I may have brought this up too. There was an amateur hockey league that took the rules from an Austrian league for playoffs that said. And they've been doing it for like 10 years. They've been doing this in Europe forever. Um, that if you were the one seed, two seed, and three seed, 
you get to pick who you play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if say you're Nashville, right? So you've only you lost can pick, you you've can only play. lost 18 games. Okay, but say that the team that you're slated to play in the eight seed is uh, who would we be here? Maybe the the Avalanche. Okay, right? They may they're in the but playoffs. They, the, it's either the Avalanche or the Blues. It's currently they're they're, play, one, they're one Avalanche point apart. was garbage last year. I think they're the worst team in the NHL. They're one point apart, even though the Blues have won one more. Well, game. it's nice to see them doing good because I grew up with them being the Yankees of hockey. But anyways, Sackick and um, the thing is the Avalanche Sackic. because the Avalanche have nine <laughs> overtime losses. Even though the Blues have one more win, they have three less overtime losses. So the points don't shake out. But anyways, oh, which is God. why hockey's hockey can be really confusing. And same with like soccer, but anyway, so this Austrian league, you get I one, two, and soccer. three get to pick who they play. So say the Nashville Predators get are, are slated to play the Avalanche. Well, if they decide that the Avalanche beat them three out of the four times they played, and they just don't match up well, why would you want to play a seven game series with them? So you could pick a team that you beat four times, and so it like like and even they asked the GM and they said, well, what would you do? And he's like, I'd probably just pick to play the eight seed every time. And if you're the Blackhawks last year, we, are you going, oh, you know, Nashville's pretty hot, so let's play the eight seed. And then they basically got swept by them. So, like, I just don't. Like, I, I think that's uh, smart, but, no, you're right. Like, the whole NHL playoffs is my favorite because almost everything goes to seven games. And almost everything is. Well, and every stoppage in play, there's a fight. That is amazing. Or almost a fight. And it's like, okay, so it's two at home. Well, then you win both your home games. And it's like, okay, well, then the other team gets two at home. Oh, they win their home game. It's basically just you. if you can win one game on the road, you're going to win the series. That's generally how it shakes out. So I'm excited for the initial playoffs to start. There's a lot of pro sports I don't pay attention to till the playoffs. I mean, I've almost gotten that way with the NFL because everything takes so long, but the season's so much shorter. But – once the playoffs start for the NHL, like that's the probably the only thing I'm going to watch. Same thing with the NBA playoffs. Once the playoffs start, I mean, I'll be super invested. So, but another thing I don't watch unless something's happening is golf. And the only reason I watch is because so you're going to talk about golf. Playing. All right, I'm going to go uh, to the bathroom for the rest of the show. You can talk about golf. <laughs> well, this is <laughs> this is the part of the show where we talk about stats. 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 Tiger Woods is back. Um, kind of, sort of. Played really well two weeks ago. But he's tied for 26 at the Masters. He tees off at 127 today, I think Eastern. He's one over 73. So he's, where's he at? He's five shots back right now, which, I mean, frankly, no one ever thought he'd get back really to, to even, like, compete. So that's incredible. But the thing with Tiger Woods is from 1997 when he entered the PGA as a professional, to um, to 2008, which is the last time he won a major, um, the U.S. Open, he was the most dominant. And even like for, I, I would say, I would, I would go out on a limb and say he's the most dominant golfer ever. He just is. And in that I, time, in that time period, yeah. In that time, I mean, he's more dominant than anybody else before him too, because of no, I'm, no, no. I mean, the but way like that, that, no. What I'm, I'm saying is. But also how well he did in that 10 years is better than anyone ever's 10 years. Right, exactly. Or however long of a time period you want to measure it by. 14 major wins, 79 PGA Tour wins, and he has the largest margin of victory, which is 15 in a a major, excuse me, um, 2000 U.S. Open. But I'm I'm not going to read all of these because there's so many, but I want to go down to at least like the top five-ish because some of these stats are are numerical records. It's – Everyone should look it up. It's on Golf Channel. It's Tiger's uh, 40 Greatest Numerical Records. And it's <laughs> it's incredible. I even looked up how much the uh, money he's earned as in just golf, not including his uh, sponsorships or anything. He's made over – maybe it's on here. But he's made over like a hundred and some million dollars golfing, mm-hmm. right? Second Thank place you. is Phil Mickelson. Who's, like, not even close. Who's, like, $40 million behind. Who's, like, 40 event wins behind Tiger Woods. Here it is. Uh, Woods has earned $110 million in official earnings in his PGA Tour career the year before he turned pro. The year before he turned pro, the Tour's all-time career earnings leader was Greg Norman at $9.5 million. Now, that was 
in 97. But that just, like, shows you that's how much, like – money he's made it's if you want to if you, it's a lot it's a there's i mean but there's a lot more to it than just his golfing ability though will you look up um pga earning records because now i want uh earning career earnings sorry um yeah pg there's a lot more to it though than just his golfing like there's i think there's rarely ever been an athlete more marketable into north america than he, he, tiger woods he came into the scene as an 18 year old kid and just started playing lights out and he, he started was, playing lights out. He was the youngest kid to win a U.S. He was a, he was a kid. He was he was hip. He was wearing uh, he wasn't wearing stupid golf clothes like John Daly. He was wearing like every Sunday a, he was he, wearing red and black. He was in contention. Like he he exactly. had a thing. Like, exactly, and he, he, like he was appealing to watch. It wasn't even like a cliche or anything. It, it was just that was all right. So I do was. have the list here, okay, um, so. but I have to scroll because it starts at thirty. Okay. Um, all-time career earnings. So Tiger Woods, $158.7 million. Yeah, so it's up now. Um, Phil Mickelson is $50 behind. So 50 let's million. look. Yeah, so he's, so Mickelson is at 100 mil, right. around 100 mil. Which he wasn't about two years ago when I first like found this article. Okay, so, so, so Tiger Woods, 158.7 mil is number one. Number two, $50 million behind. Let's look at the gap. The gap between second and like 15th. 30. Or 30. Second and 30 is like... So, yeah, this is out of 30. And the gap between 30 to 2 is the gap, is almost the gap from 2 to 1. Yep. Which is like we mentioned before with baseball, Barry Bonds, yep. at the peak of his career, the gap between 1 and 2 in on-base plus slugging was about the same as it was between 2 and the lowest regular position player, yep. Craig Council, because yep. he batted weird. <laughs> so, this... The, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, of of how much money, and that's just uh, obviously. And isn't yeah. that just tournament winnings? That's just PGA winnings. And then that's you add not, on. That's not including European tour. I don't think, unless it is, maybe it is. That's not including WGC events. That's not including sponsorships. Yeah, which he was sponsored by Nike, Gatorade, Gatorade Rolex, Rolex, Wheaties. At some point, I'm sure. <laughs> Titleist, he has his own Titleist. I don't know. If Titleist, maybe Titleist. He's got his own company. Um, he was probably the last athlete to have his name on a video game because they used to, because they used to do it all the time, but he was the last one and they did that for 20 years. In fact, I think his, is his name still on the PGA tour game? No, they took it off. They took it off. Okay. Well, for 20 years, his name was on the top selling golf game and yeah, I well, mean I Mario mean, Golf was I better, they, I but I think they took it off in like 2012, so he had like 15 years on it or something like that. But anyway, that is ridiculous. The other thing, and only, the other thing too is that most, wasn't the only game that had his name on it. Most of those 150 million dollars or whatever it says was donated to charity. Was donated to his charity. The reason he didn't even keep most of the tournament winnings is because of the sponsorships he had. He didn't need to keep that money. Highest that's paid, the, highest the, paid athletes of all time. Tiger Woods is up there. Um, he, I, I'm going to say he's number two behind Jordan. We've, we've only got two minutes here, so. Yep, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, I've one point six five billion. Yep. Billion. Yeah. So Michael like, Jordan is one point seven billion ahead of him. That is. That's because wow, Woods did not. That's why he didn't keep that tenth of his earnings. He just like he could give it away. He just could. So uh, we've only got about a minute and a half. So let me roll through a couple of these really quick. Uh, I'll start at five. From 1997 through 2008, Woods led or co-led the following led following any round in a major 42 different times. Second on that list is Phil with 13. Woods won 14 majors in that span. Four. Trill Mickelson. Tiger. Tiger has 18 career World Golf Championship WGC victories. Second on the all-time list, Ogilvy, who has three. Uh, number three, Woods has 142 consecutive PGA Tour events without missing a cut from 1998 to 2005. That is 29 more than the second longest streak in Tour history, Byron Nelson, 113. There are only four other such streaks half as long as Woods. In the stretch of the middle, and this is number two, in a stretch from the middle of 1999 through the middle of 2001, Woods won 20 of the 38 stroke play events he played in, a 52.6 win percentage. In those, event, in those events, Woods was a combined 472 under, a cumulative score 307 shots better than anyone else. Vijay Singh was second. From 1997, this is the number one stat, 
1997 through 2008, Woods was a combined 126 under par in majors. There are 138 other players who played at least 40 rounds in major championships in that span. Among that group, Woods was a staggering 189 shots better than anyone else. Second on the list, Joe Ogilvie at 63 over. Wow. Wow. That just replays in my mind. It's like, wow. So there you go. There's your stats for the end. I know we kind of crunched it in there, but so Tiger Woods, he's back. Uh, he's teeing off this afternoon. We'll see if he can maybe make a run run for the Masters. I'm Colton Stone. Uh, he's Jake Larson. Jake, anything? Any last words? You got about ten seconds. No. Uh, nope. All right. Well, then we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See ya. Chasing History Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. We'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks. <laughs>